Come on. The strong, the powerful Darren Chait is here on Lifeblood Create. Welcome, Darren. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Darren is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Hugo. They're an organization connecting the way that we meet to the way that we work. Again, excited to have you on. Darren, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so I'm uh, originally Australian, as you can hear, and actually a corporate attorney by background. And I spent a lot of my life in meetings, um, too much <laughs> of my life in meetings, super frustrated with what was happening. Um, it, meetings, as we can all relate, um, are often very inefficient, completely wasteful. And the thing about attorneys is that when you're wasting time in meetings, the dollar value is right in front of you because you build your time, right? So you'd walk out of a one of those wasteful meetings and you'd see on the screen that that just cost someone $6,000 for the five people or whatever it is. And that just blew my mind. Why had so much changed about the way we work? Even pre-pandemic, we're heading remote. We're using so many different tools. We're distributing as teams, but meetings were all the same. If I wasn't in the room or on the call, um, I had no idea what was going on. Um, so I really wanted to, to, to work on this problem. And uh, a good friend of mine um, who I'd worked with before was in product in San Francisco. And we would talk about this all the time. And we decided to leave our jobs and go out and, and try and solve this problem. So we, we went about it a slightly different way first. Um, but we quickly landed on the idea that if only we can make the meeting note more special, if we can make the meeting note calendar centric and organized by the contacts and companies you've met connected to the rest of your software stack, we have this central repository for meetings, notes and tasks. Um, and in doing that, we're transforming the way companies meet now, um, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool mission to be on. Yeah, yeah, it is equal parts ambitious and and valuable and wanted and and needed and and, and all these things. How is uh how how just just for you? How has the transition been from corporate attorney life to to entrepreneur life? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, speaking honestly, the grass is always greener, right? So you have those days where you, all you want to do is go and take some PTO and forget about work and not care. Um, you don't get that in entrepreneur life. <laughs> But it's well offset by the other side of the coin, which is you only do work that creates value. So as we all know, for many, many jobs, but especially in the corporate world, there's work that is done because it's always been done. The rite of passage and and uh, just that process that happens. Um, in building a business, if it's not going to add value, you don't do it. Um, and I love that. So with that comes the pressure, the stress, the the, the, the fear, all the ups and downs, but at the same time, the flexibility, the excitement, the reward, um, and only doing work that matters. So quality of life is a hundred times better. Nice. Well, I, I, I am glad to hear that. So you you and your, 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 your partner and the folks that are working with Hugo, you're like, okay, we're going to make a change here in, in, in the world of meetings. There's a lot of different ways that you could go about that. A big part of that you, you mentioned is focusing on meeting notes and combining them to to the existing technology. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, so today, um, in most organizations, if you look at what happens after a meeting, um, some people would take notes, hopefully, um, that end up in some tool or notebook or distributed fragmented place. Um, so you might love Evernote and I'm a old school and I write everything down and she's in sales, so it all goes in the CRM. 
So as an organization, um, I don't have any access to this. It's, it's not aggregated, it's not centralized. Um, and even if I did, right, let's say we religiously all put it in the same Google Doc, um, you can never find anything when you need it. And of course, it's disconnected from the rest of the tools. Um, so the way we go about solving this is we give everyone a calendar interface. You can prepare for meetings and take notes in meetings um, from your calendar events. Um, so it's connected to to you, to your company, to the project, to the organization. Um, and as, as the actions, the insights, the takeaways come up, they get pushed out to all the tools everyone's using. That may be Slack or Microsoft Teams so other people in the business know what's happening. It could be a project management tool. It could be a support or engineering tool. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, whatever tools everyone's using is now on the same page. So what it means, less meetings, shorter meetings with better preparation, and all of this most valuable proprietary knowledge for businesses is retained and centralized, not leaving with your next sales rep or lost in someone's notebook uh, you know, in, in the HR department. Yeah, I could certainly, I could certainly relate, and I'm, I'm having flashbacks to uh, the time that I spent in the corporate world and lots of meetings and trying to be prepared for some of them and knowing that some people were just never going to be prepared when they walked in and the frustration that, that you feel and sort of the guilt that you feel when you're not ready um, and just the hours and time wasted, right? You know what we did? I, 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 the, the same pain, like, okay, so, so close to my heart. When we started Hugo, other than obviously solving it with product, we put it, we implemented a rule that we call a 10% meeting rule. No more than 10% of your week, so that's four hours on a 40 hour work week, can be spent in internal meetings. And that's nothing. Everyone thinks we're crazy, right? Like, think about how many hours of meetings you've spent in the last week internally. Um, but what that did is it elevates meetings to be something expensive, but something special and, and opportune, where I can't just go and schedule another meeting because I don't know what to do next or why not. Um, if, you, if you don't have a very specific purpose, objective, you're not going to plan for it, you don't have the bandwidth to do something with the outcomes, don't meet. There's other ways to collaborate. Um, and that for us has been one of the most successful initiatives that we've done as a business and something I'll certainly take with me um, onto whatever's next. Yeah, I appreciate that. So when 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 you are telling uh, people about about Hugo and the value that you bring, what what is, for lack of a better term, an objection that you get? Do you hear, well, don't we already have that with X, Y, or Z? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge in software, in selling software in 2021 is what a lot of people have coined SaaS fatigue. So SaaS being software as a service, the subscription software model. Um, there's so many different tools. It's never been easier to adopt tools. Anyone can just sign up and throw their credit card in or use it free. Um, now we're reaching a point where businesses are reluctant. They realize there's a cost, there's a fragmentation of data problem, a onboarding and training problem, a cost problem. The, the few dollars here and there really add up. Um, and I think there's a there's a greater reluctance to to try new things and adopt new tools than there was you know even a couple of years ago. So I think that's probably the strongest challenge or objection that we come up against. Yeah, just not another piece of software. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, and you you launched and now you've been you've been putting this to work. You are enjoying success with it. What what are some of the biggest learnings or changes or pivots that that, that, that you've made? <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, there's tons. I, I think, um, so the biggest lessons for me starting a business that aren't really, there's, there's two key lessons I think that I wish I someone had told me and more importantly that I wish I'd listened to because someone probably did tell me. Um, the first is, if, you, if you're lucky enough to have the funding and opportunity to build a team and you hire great people, 
Um, trust your people. I, I think the, the the temptation early on, and maybe it's more of a corporate background thing, is where um, we felt as founders that we had to have all the answers. So as problems arise, and they do every day, um, we were very quick to shield the team from those problems and, and not present them until we had the solution. Um, but there's two issues with that. Firstly, if you're hiring great people who are smarter than you and experienced in their own way, and hopefully there's some diversity of perspective too, um, they're going to have better ideas than you. So why only have the benefit of your brain when you have a whole lot of others? And at the same time, that's that's attractive. That's why people are joining startups. They want the challenge. They want the fear and the ups and downs and the excitement and the reward. Um, so by sheltering everyone filtering that all out from everyone you're missing you're missing out on that as well so that was a really big paradigm shift where we realized that the problems weren't ours they were the teams and it leads to better outcomes and happier teams yeah so that's definitely the first the first lesson that i would definitely take and biggest mistake we made one of the biggest mistakes um the second is a bit more specific to what we do and i think in 2021 and the fourth last few years, it's never been easy to build a, a, a software business. Um, there's the Amazon Web Services and Google Clouds of the world. I don't need to build server farms. Um, the coding now, there's all sorts of self-taught uh, schools and online um, education. You can even build, in, there's this big no-code movement where you can build without being able to write a line of code. So what that means is the bigger challenge isn't actually building a great product, I believe, um, it's distribution. You see lots of very average products that have nailed distribution and are very successful, and you see unbelievable, beautiful, really life-changing products that just can't see the light of day because there's so much noise out there. So giving them equal weight, thinking about distribution from day one as you start thinking about product is, is, is certainly a lesson we've learned. We, of course, left it too late. Now we've caught up and, and, and we're, we're moving ahead. But I, I promise you the next business I start, will be I'll be building a landing page and figuring out go-to-market the same day I'm you know writing my first line of code yeah I appreciate that how have how have you utilized partnerships if 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 at all yeah um, partnerships have been a really strong part of Hugo's growth um, we integrate with 21 different products and a few of them in particular there's really strong alignment on on, on value proposition and, and the area we're in companies like Atlassian Zoom Asana Loom more recently these are all really well established tech companies that are solving similar problems um, for us that's been great because it allows us to tell a story alongside a big brand um, it's it's a much easier sell when you're trying Hugo which is the, the best way to, to run meetings for Atlassian customers or, or Zoom users. Um, so it's really helped from a go-to-market standpoint. Um, and, and also, I think at a thought leadership level, um, it's been really effective. I mean, we're, we're very bullish on asynchronous collaboration and what that means for the future of work. And there's some businesses there who are doing a great job. Loom is one. Um, and, uh, and, and, there's, and there's plenty plenty of others. Slack's heading that way too. Um, so that's been, that's been uh, really great for us too at a thought leadership level. When you say a- asynchronization, what does that mean? So asynchronous <laughs> collaboration. So a bit of a mouthful buzzword. But what, we, what, I, what I really mean is um, if we think back to the way we work, right, it's very synchronous. If I want to solve a problem um, or I want to share something with you, my temptation back in the day would be to walk over to your desk. Now my temptation is to start a Zoom call or give you a call on your cell or Skype or whatever you're using. Um, that's synchronous. It means that you have to drop what you're doing um, and we have to have this conversation together. Um, now, you may, it may be early in the morning. You may not be productive right now. You might be heads deep in, in something really important and you don't want to do that right then and there. But it's on my mind and it's burning then. 
Um, the move towards asynchronous collaboration is a trend that's really been accelerated by the pandemic, where you're using other tools to collaborate in a way that doesn't need us both there at the same time. So one great example is there's a product called Loom, but there's plenty of others too, where I can send you a video. So, you know, late at night, the kids are asleep. Um, I've been thinking, you know, it'd be really cool, George, if we did this and this and this. I'll, I'll quickly record a lightweight video, share my screen, and you can watch that in the morning and you can reply to me and you can send your notes then. And we can collaborate as effectively with the same level of bandwidth and engagement and body language and passion, but without demanding your time right now. And what that lets you do is move that much faster. People are still in control of their day, their priorities and how they work. Um, and uh, especially when you talk about time zones, work from home, balancing life and work, all of these factors really makes it an effective way to work. So it's not a complete replacement. It doesn't mean you should never talk to someone live or never have meetings, but it's a very great tool to have in the belt that's been very successful for us as a business and for our customers. That's fascinating. I think I've, I've taken advantage of that technology only one time, and um, it was it was a really unique experience. I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into and somebody suggested we communicate that way. So it was a bit of a surprise. But as you just explained that, I, I, I can certainly see value there. The the usage by your team and the people that you talk about has obviously been positive because you bring it up. Exactly. It's, it, it's, been, it's been game changing because I think the practical benefits are obvious, time zones and the like. But what you start to realize is um, people's most productive hours may not match yours or the way they like to work may not be what you thought. And as you know, knowledge workers particularly, we've all been shoehorned into this template cookie cutter approach to the, the office and the work environment. Um, but why? Uh, you know, As a business, I care about output, productivity, creating value. If you're going to do your best work at this time or if you really need to be heads down with headphones on and don't want to talk to anyone for three hours every day to get through those really tough tasks, why would I want to interrupt that by pushing my way of working on, onto you. So um, that's something we do a lot with Hugo and our product too. Um, the idea of not having the 10 meetings, but having access to the takeaways, the actions and next steps allows that too. Um, I get the benefit without wasting that hour um, and having to sit there on your schedule. Fascinating. I'm just thinking about use cases. Uh, and I know some people really intimately, my, my, my wife works in human resources and she would love yeah. Loom. So I will speak with her about yeah. this about this later Definitely. today. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely share that one. We've actually, on the HR side, we've, we've used, we use it a bunch for interviewing as well for initial screening. Obviously, it's harder to build rapport and you need to chat live, but I get so much more than a, uh, from a quick video where you answer a few questions and share a story than a cover letter, which is generic, find and replace the company name. So we're actually using that in the HR context as well. Fascinating. So many cool use cases that you just never thought about because yeah. these things didn't even exist before. Exactly. <clears throat> So I, I, I know that y'all are experiencing a good amount of success and you've, you've got some pretty prominent clients. I'm curious just what you attribute that to or, or, or how you were able to do that as a, as a newer company. Yeah. Um, so I, I think ultimately if you, solve, if you solve a real problem and enough people know about how you're solving it, um, growth, will, growth will follow. Um, we've been fortunate enough to date to be a, a self-serve company. So we're marketing led. We don't have a sales team yet. And uh, what that means is people find out about Hugo by reading a bit of content, a podcast, a, um, an interview, a, um, a review, whatever it may be. Um, they go check it out for themselves. Um, if it resonates, they create an account. It's free. It's easy. Um, and we only charge later on as they get really big. Um, so that for us has been a key driver. Um, just because you work at Netflix, it doesn't mean the problem's any less or there should be more friction to solve it. And uh, and that and that's how we've, we've picked up all of these big companies completely organically. 
um, over time as we move to larger companies and that. Of course, you do need some sales folks in in, in, in the pipeline and um, to give you a hand and answer questions and deal with some of the hoops to jump through. Um, but having been marketing-led has, has really driven that growth and those great brands. Excellent. I love it. Well, Darren, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, um, it's a bit of a cliche one, but I've proved it out myself by not listening to it early on, um, which is to work on something you're, you're passionate about. And uh, the reason the reason I raise that now is um, it's not, you know early on you can get great life advice where someone says work on something that you, you care about, that you love, that you're passionate about, and we all know that a lot of the time work is tough and it's not what we'd rather be doing. Um, but what the, the, where things came together for me was I realized quite quickly that I'm much, much more successful at things that I that I like doing, that I'm passionate about and I care about. And um, the, the role of work, even if it isn't something in your eyes that needs to be enjoyable, that you need to love doing every day, um, and that's fair enough, Not you know, people are wired different ways, you still want to be successful at it. Whatever success looks like for you, um, you know, feeling satisfied and rewarded, maybe it's financial success, um, maybe it's having the balance in your life, it, it doesn't matter. Um, that's, that, that is so much easier when you're doing something that you're passionate about. Um, so uh, just because the, the, you know, the, the career path may look stronger or the financial outcomes may look better in a certain career, it, it won't work out that way if it's not something that you can do a great job at. Um, so that, that's, my, uh, that's my tip that I've learned um, somewhat the hard way, but I'm very happy to be uh, on the other side of now. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. Darren, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and where can they engage with Hugo? Yeah, for sure. So um, if you go to hugo.team, so H-U-G-O.team, um, you can learn more about Hugo. Um, I'm on Twitter a fair bit. It's Darren Chait on, on Twitter. Um, love to share share great things and, and talk more about that. So um, definitely feel free to hit me up. Love to continue the conversation with anyone. And um, you can always grab a, a free Hugo account, sign up and, and see the benefit for the way your business meets. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Darren your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas and hates meetings. Help these people, for gosh sakes. <laughs> Go to hugo.team and find Darren on Twitter. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Darren. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>